Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Golden Knights, which VGK players will survive the season opening cutdown. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco, along with Chris Golick. You could find us on Twitter at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G, also at Lockdown VGK on Twitter. And check out our brand new Lockdown VGK. Some great comments, interesting comments on there, especially about me on the YouTube channel. And make sure that you subscribe. Good morning to you, Chris. Ready for the start of a new week? Hey, we've got hockey season here. The opener will be on Tuesday in L.A., and then on Thursday, VGK comes home for the home opener. Excited? Uh, no doubt. Excited, to say the least. Uh, there's a different, um, just a different feeling right now as hockey season's coming up. Um, me and the family, were at the Silver Knights preseason opener and closer, I guess. They only have, only have one home preseason game uh, built into the schedule. And before we get too deep into our show, I'm going to rant for a second, folks. So uh, just give me the give me the platform for 30 seconds, and then we'll get to our regularly scheduled programming here. Love the Dollar Loan Center. I don't mind paying two bucks more this season for parking. I'm not going to be upset about that. But, folks, like whoever makes these decisions out there in the off chance that somebody, anybody is watching this podcast that has – anything to do with the team, it should not cost a family, I think it was $65 plus or minus for one popcorn, two waters, one Sprite, one thing of M&M's, one thing of Doritos, one thing of Jay's potato chips. That should not cost $65. Me and my family had a nice uh, dinner after the game at our local Chinese restaurant. It cost 10 bucks less than that for a big dinner. That's going to be two more meals for me and my wife for lunch throughout the week with leftovers. So if you go, if you go to one game a week, folks, that's like 240 bucks. If you go to two games a week, that's 500 bucks a month. If uh, those that are able and want to enjoy an alcoholic beverage, it's just so much money. This is AHL hockey, folks. This is AHL hockey. So, that's it. That's my negativity. I'll leave the rest of the negativity to Tony for the rest of the show. Thank you. And I just, and I appreciate all the negative comments about <laughs> me. Like, just give me one, for instance, on something negative I've said, truly, that isn't true. Tony, listen, I, I say this all the time. <laughs> you and I represent two different segments of the fan base right now. Yeah. You represent a fan base that does which have one do I, which one do I represent? Things. What's that? Which one? Which one do I rep? You represent a very large group of the fans who have concerns about moves the team has made, True. about concerns about cap uh, management and all those things. And that's okay. Like, that's the thing. That's There's a lot of people that have that perspective out there, and that's the side that you're on, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. That's what okay. makes this work. <laughs> so now... <laughs> Let's jump into things. I'll try not to be too negative, but today VGK will have the opportunity to trim its roster uh, down for the season opener in L.A. tomorrow night. That's so hard to believe, but the season's here. And the battle for uh, the roster spots, uh, the way that we see it. Uh, so Giannis Ron Bjork uh, was placed on waivers yesterday. We saw that, right, Chris? And uh, then I guess, you know, the, the final players, I think it's going to come down to this. 
who gets sent to the AHL, and uh, who stays up with the NHL team. So Paul Cotter, four points. Uh, we know what he's done, almost assured of a spot, uh, played well. Bruce Cassidy likes his puck movement. He likes his physicality. He likes his what he called abrasiveness on the ice and took William Carrier's spot. Carrier was uh, injured. We don't know uh, what his progress is, if he'll be ready. And uh, he played well, and every time he was on the ice, he made an impact. So we feel as though, right, he'll stay. And then uh, the others under consideration for final roster spots or spot, uh, the way that we see it, Jake Lachizan. Uh You've got Caden Korzak. Uh, Korzak will probably stay up there now with the absence of Nick Haig, which we could get into in a little bit, and Jake Bischoff. And uh, I think he's probably on my odds chart, like a 20 to 1, coming back from that devastating knee injury where he missed months on end. And uh, so how do you see it? Who stays? Who goes? Uh, currently, Cotter, Lashizen, uh Korzak, and then Jake Bischoff. So I think the focus needs to be on the opening night, 20 skaters, and that's our 12 forwards and our six defensemen. And really the only things that are in question right now are who replaces Carrier. Clearly that's Paul Cotter. If Carrier is not going to be miraculously back come tomorrow night, uh, I think I would be shocked if it was anyone but Paul Cotter, unless for some reason there was some type of AHL considerations to – you know, move some money around and stuff like that for, for Nick Hague. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, just based on performance, nothing else withstanding, no salary issues or anything like that, Paul Cotter has to be Will Carrier's temporary replacement, and we'll see how long Cotter can hold on to a spot in the top 12 forwards. As far as defense goes, um, yeah, I mean, Korzak, I think, plays the part. Um, huge shout-out to Bischoff for how far he has come. I think I remember watching in Season 1, when he had that injury, you're watching on AHL TV. I think it happened. Um, I think it happened early in season one, if I'm not mistaken. But he was gone for a long, 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 long time. And Bischoff was someone that you know was looked on to you know have a role with with the VGK at some point. So Bischoff could be like the next um, you know the seventh defenseman or something like that. As far as who they're going to keep up as the scratches versus sending people up and down, that's where the the cap roulette wheel starts to spin and. You know, that thing's going to be spinning faster and, you know, more furious than ever before, I think, this year, Tony. But, yeah, I'm Korzak and Carrier in the opening night lineup. And then outside of that. Korzak uh, and Cotter. You're saying Cotter. I'm sorry. I said that wrong. My bad. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah, Korzak Cotter. and Cotter. It's yeah, Korzak and Cotter. K, K and K. There we go. The, the, the K and C. Either way. It's Monday, folks. Leave me, stop bothering me. But, yeah, definitely that's the way I think they're going to go. And then, you know, decision he's probably going to be an opening day scratch or that's where the up and down uh, AHL, you know, trip up, up and down 215 starts. There you go. Yeah. And so Nick Haig, Buckpedia had some interesting uh, maneuvers, if you will, uh, that they posted yesterday. Uh, They were talking about how the VGK could uh, sign Nick Haig. Is it too late in the game? Obviously he will not be in uniform tomorrow night. Uh, it's hard to believe, too. One of our uh, followers that tagged us, one more sleep to the start of the new season, which is just, again, unbelievable. Hockey season is already here. But Nick Hague, uh still interesting, still of uh, interest to the fans. Um, how valuable is it for them to sign him? Uh, where do they go from here? Uh, we talked about them, you know, maybe planting some ideas in our head about what it might take to, to sign him on uh, the broadcast the other night. 
What are your thoughts? What did you see in the Puckpedia uh, comments from yesterday that makes you believe that this could happen? Nick Hague signing pretty soon. Yeah, so a couple of things right now, folks. So again, this this puck this uh, Puckpedia tweet is just gold as far as we should be concerned. So it looks like again they're using the assumption three at two point four nine, so two and a half million three years, and the way they get there, Weber, Leonard, Brassois, LTIR, no change there. This is where things get a little strange. Uh, Nolan Patrick, IR. We're, he's definitely going to start on IR, LTIR, not sure exactly, but I don't know if that move has happened yet, will carry a IR. That's where we really need to find out the extent of this injury. It was week to week, but I think he's, I don't know if he's skating nuts, but we're going to learn a little more about this will carry a situation. So that scenario, I guess, basically comes very close, like within hundreds of dollars of the acceptable salary cap. And then the other way is if Nolan Patrick goes to LTIR, that's going to free up $1.2 million. So this is where the timing of these things is always interesting. We're going back right now to the Riley Smith situation. It was known he was going to sign with the team, but they had to make a deal. Obviously, once Patch Ready was shipped out, Riley Smith news is announced shortly thereafter. So once you cut down to the final 20, and now you have your roster all in place, I think that's when you can formally former formal formally make some type of announcement or make some type of move so the conspiracy theorist in me wonders if there is a deal in place already for Hague, some type of handshake deal but both sides knew they had to let the regular or excuse me the preseason play out all the roster moves that happen cutting down cutting down cutting down and then once the final rosters come in sometime today or tomorrow that's when they can finally say okay boom here's the money for nick Hague. Now, now he's going to be signed. The way things go, folks, and this is where I do err on, on Tony's side of a lot of things, there are a lot of weird things that do happen with the cap. There's a lot of weird things that do get said along the way, and VGK is handling of things, you know, and when uh, McCrimmon's up there saying, we're not, you know, the, the cap isn't a problem to us. Well, I don't know if I agree with that statement. I definitely don't agree with that statement. And Nick Haig is a prime example. Nick Haig supposedly doesn't want to settle for less because of VGK's situation. And VGK signs Aiden Hill in the offseason, which means even less money now for Nick Haig, which certainly might be why he might want more money. So I'm curious to see if a final announcement does get made today. But I would not be shocked at all if sometime between 4 and 5 o'clock today, Tony, as you would put it, somewhere between 4 and 5 o'clock today, news breaks that Nick Haig has signed his contract and he'll be ready for the opener on Thursday. The home wow. opener, that is. Wow. So you think that Haig will sign down to the wire here? And- I think... <clears throat> I that just my, it's just once I saw that puck again. This is Puckpedia that kind of sparked all of this. This isn't necessarily completely my own theory, but once I read that, you know, you just kind of see how things got to shake out a little bit, and maybe waiting on Nick Cage this long helped somehow the preseason. I don't know. I don't know. Just curious, who has the leverage in this signing? Uh, because again, they went silent. We saw VGK not even have any discussions, according to reports. And those were, of course, let out by the agents. So who knows? Uh, so we heard that they hadn't spoken as of early September since July. So a couple of months had gone by. And, and now for VGK, are they able to, um, you know, muscle, if you will, the situation a little bit more? Uh, did they have the leverage as we get closer to the start of the season? Does Haig have the leverage now? Who has the leverage out of the two sides? 
I think the team, right? I think the side that's writing the paycheck is the side that always is going to have the leverage in a situation like this, because at some point, let's just say this thing does drag on until December 1st, December 10th, December 14th, whatever, whatever that date is in December where a player has to sign by. If they don't sign by that point, now not only are they not playing hockey for the entire season, but they're not getting their NHL contract. I think right now or sometime this week is officially when Nick Hague stops generating an income. He he will not be making any money as a professional hockey player. What about uh, as a professional softball player? As yeah, right. He he, he did hit a couple of Hager bombs in the in the softball game. That was definitely a lot of fun to watch. But I don't know if he gets paid anything for wherever he's playing in in the in the interim. It's not enough. I mean, it's not going to make a difference on him at all. So you know, at some point, these things do start factoring in, and now you start looking at what his contract is going to be next year and what his value is going to be to an NHL club if he does not play at all this entire season. Now he's got one, uh, uh, you know, he's not going to have that elite level training. He's going to basically be off for the next, uh, you know, next five months after that and an entire off season. So he won't be even around a team until come, you know, July, August of the following year. So I don't think this thing is going to drag on. I still feel that there is an announcement coming today. I got no nothing to cite. I got no sources. This is only a weird gallic hunch. That's all this is right now, folks. It's you know we'll see if it, we'll see if I'm right. We'll see if I'm wrong. But I got a feeling we get Nick Hague back by Thursday at the latest. Okay, so no more sign and trade. I wouldn't be surprised about that either, Tony. I wouldn't be right. surprised about that. I'll I'll play both sides on this one, but. I think something's going to happen, especially after reading how things are going to shake out, according to Puckpedia. Coming up next, is VGK ready for the start of this new season? We discussed when we returned right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Our next partner has a product that I literally use every day. I started to use Athletic Greens because I really didn't have time to eat in the morning, especially I wanted to have my immune system optimized, all those things. Now it's been a few months since I started to take uh, Athletic Greens, and I really do like it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It doesn't taste chalky. It has this kind of mild and tropical taste. I actually look forward to it each and every morning. So it is this stuff with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens. You are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to get your day started on the right foot. Special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. And it really does help me to sleep a lot better when I do get a chance to sleep. It's uh, lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat uh, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, all those things. Contains less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything and it still tastes really good. It costs less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health. It's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than all those things, like um, buying supplements, uh, for instance, and you're investing in the all-in-one nutritional insurance. Oh, it's cheaper a lot than of a testi- trip to the Silver Knights games to the concession stand. There's a lot of testimonials, too, including one by Chris. It doesn't have a testimonial for the Silver Knights today and the Dollar Loan Center. Athletic Greens, over 7,000 five-star reviews. You should check them out today. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do today, Chris, 
is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. One more sleep to the start of the opening season. Make love sure. It. Love it. I know. It's great, right? And uh, make sure that you uh, check out our new YouTube channel. And please subscribe and leave some great comments, especially for me. Just makes my day. Makes my stinking day. Uh, and thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Our podcast free and available wherever you get your podcast. So, so we've sat back. We have watched now seven preseason games. And uh, so, Chris and I, let's uh, kind of give our view of where we feel the team is at. Big question, big question. Is this team ready? You could go first, Chris, and then vent some more about concession prices, if you will. Is this team ready for the start of the new season? I think so, Tony. And I'll start by the the only game I, that I was able to watch in person, but that game against the Sharks. Of course, they lost that game bad. But what they did do that game is the top six controlled really well that game. Uh, that was our top two lines that game, basically, with uh, the Eichel and the Stevenson line. I'm assuming that's how we're going to break camp. Um, uh, that would be Eichel with Kessel and Riley Smith, which that line was spectacular. And then we have the second line of Stevenson, Stone, and Marchessault. Those two lines are absolutely spot on, ready to go. Injury pending. Wait, 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 wait. Stevenson, Stone, and Howden. Is that how they lined up on? This is, well, remember they switched up Marcia Saul They and did, Howden? but I, I don't think that's how it's going to break, Tony. I, really? I don't think, no. I think Howden, I thought Howden played much, much better when he was with uh, Stevenson and Stone. I think they start with the veterans together. And then if they need to change something up, I think that change happens. Um, you mentioned how many, you know, borderline $6 million third line centers out there. I'll raise you how many five and a half million ish third wing left, third line left wingers are out there. You know what I mean? So $11 million tied up, tied up on the third line. <laughs> Those types of things don't make the general manager look too good, Tony. So I could see some influence, if you will. I, I'm sure it'll be about three weeks before we have an outside interference type, um, type um uh show like we had as we went down the stretch last year regarding a uh, Leonard and things like that so back to the question are we ready to go I, I do believe so I think the team responded well in some of the preseason games down the stretch when they were losing early and they came back uh, most notably the final not not the two not not the two games that they played in weird barns and stuff like that, but the one before I think it was the game was in L.A. I want to say, probably yeah. I, I Either way, whatever it was, it was one of the, one of the more recent games where team they were down two nothing early. They responded, they came back and they, they won. Back. Yeah, and you could tell that there was probably was something said in our mission. Yeah, that was the L.A. game. That's when uh, that was the game I believe uh, where Cassidy had that closed door meeting with the team. I think, yeah, I I heard something about that. Definitely. So, you know, the team responded and responded well to Cassidy. Um, Again, folks, I think the preseason was handled well in the sense that we got to look at a lot of the younger kids and, you know, Cotter got a lot of time and seems to be settled in on that fourth line, assuming Carrier is going to be gone for a little while longer. 
So I think things did go well. Kessel had his one appearance of the preseason. He had his uh, one-and-done moment, and I'm okay with that. Um, And the rest of the players, you know, Stone got got his time to get his legs under him, and I think come Tuesday he's going to be ready to go. And Jack Eichel is, I think, on a mission this year. He is going to be on a mission this year. Um, I've said this probably, this is probably the seventh time I've said this now. I don't look at this team winning the Pacific. They may not even get second in the Pacific. But I think from the word go, they're going to be pretty comfortable inside of the top six, top three, if you will, I guess, in the Pacific Division. And the playoffs, I don't seem to be in doubts. And I see this team getting better throughout the season because that's how these veteran rosters kind of uh, kind of go. I do see them improving throughout the season and being a very tough out come playoffs. Again, we always got to put the asterisk of the goaltending situation in there. A lot of people, there's a lot of buzz for Aiden Hill right now. Like a lot of people think this is a, a competition between Hill and Thompson. I had, I just tossed myself into the ring on a couple of random Facebook posts that were talking about this. And, you know, Aiden Hill went from, uh, went from Leonard to Flurry, uh, in the last like, uh, 96 hours or so, it seems like. And I don't, I don't agree with that whatsoever. This is Logan Thompson's net. And maybe they'll have like a three to two type of share, you know, four to three type of share for the first, you know, a few weeks or so. And we'll see if LB comes back in and that throws another wrench into all the salary cap stuff happening right now. But a perfect world. Um, this is Logan's net. We agree on that. 50, 55 starts. Hill and LB chop up the other starts. I think that's the best case scenario for the goaltenders right now. Okay. So uh, this team, I think, is where I felt they might be going into the season again there's just still a lot of unknown factors mm-hmm. as we mentioned mm-hmm. uh vgk still like like many teams in the nhl let's face it a work in progress you know at this point no doubt uh, the goaltending you know again not complete uh still so many questions small sample sizes right across the board um again uh remember pete DeBoer said it takes three goals to win a game uh, <laughs> they're gonna have to co- VGK is going to have to hold opponents to three goals or fewer to be two. successful. <laughs> According I mean, to DeBoer, two. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, Logan Thompson, has he improved? Uh, played like a period and a half up in Boise the other day. And uh, again, you know, he's human. He's going to make mistakes. And we'll have to see how he progresses. I think, again, still a work in progress with this team. Eichel line, as you mentioned, they're smoking. Can they continue with that momentum? into the course of the regular season. Line two, I still have Howden on that line. Just the chemistry and the way that they were skating late. We know William Carlson, I guess, was complaining about um, having Gamadio and Howden on his line, and they were kind of sloppy, and there was no chemistry, none whatsoever. So Marcia saw who played, he started to play really well at the end of the preseason, and I like what he did in Boise the other night against Arizona. Had uh, three whacks at the puck right there in the crease, and finally went top shelf, went over the pad of the goaltender, and he finally put it into the net. So uh, we didn't talk much about defensive pairings, Chris. So you have uh, Petro and Martinez, perhaps. Correct me if you have any other changes. McNabb and Theodore, right? And then White Cloud and Korzak to start the season. How does that shake out? Yeah, that's fair. And I haven't paid a lot of attention because it seemed like the defense, like the defensive pairings were a revolving door as they took a look at a lot of the younger kids as well. Um, Martinez and Petro together. I don't love that idea because you have two kind of stay at home, you know, batting down the hatches type of 
defenseman there. I don't mind um I don't mind McNabb and Theodore together because you have the opposite ends right there, right? Theodore is gonna go, McNabb is gonna stay home, and in case there's a rush, he's gonna be the last man back to protect. Um White Cloud Korzak, I mean fine, I'm okay with that. Um I'd rather see that opening opening line of um or the opening, the top two you mentioned, I should say, is a better way to put that, of Petro and Martinez chopped up and White Cloud with either one of them push McNabb down maybe to that third defensive pairing with Korzak because, again, now you got two nice stay-at-home defensemen there. McNabb, obviously a, a veteran, been doing this for a long time now, I guess, as far as uh, the hockey world is concerned. So I think he can help guide Korzak and make sure he's in the right place. And then you let our top four uh, take care of playing against the other team's best talent and, you know, put some pucks in the back of the nets. But White Cloud, I'm, you know, just an extra shout out for White Cloud. I'm really looking forward to see his growth. He grew a lot uh, seasons from seasons four to five. And now going five to six, I think that growth is going to continue. And White Cloud is someone that I think is going to have a very long and decorated NHL career, a lot like maybe an Alec Martinez, uh, you know, once he gets up there. Yeah. And again, the push is for offensive defensemen under this uh, brand new Bruce Cassidy system. Uh, special teams still a concern. Again, we don't know. Big question mark. The, the entries had... were better for the power play in the last game. Finally, yeah, the entries finally. were a little bit better, but yeah, they were, yeah. they were. And the PK, you know, hit and miss, hit and miss really. Cause again, uh, everyone starting to just having to play together on the penalty kill, on special teams, on the power play, learning this new system all along. Uh, entries are better. Uh, neutral zone. Uh, it's going to be a big factor, especially in this first game against the L.A. Kings, which we'll preview tomorrow, Chris. But I think the L.A. Kings, I say if EGK gets out with a split those first two games, I think they're ahead of the game. I do. I feel that, you know, I, I think the L.A. Kings are going to be ready uh, for VGK and this is a big game just out of the shoot and I don't I don't like the game it's in LA we'll talk more about that tomorrow but uh, for VGK I believe that they are where I felt they might be and hey knock on wood uh, this team's healthy going into this season I mean truly Carrier was the only uh, injury and he's out there skating and could be back at any point here uh, might be back uh, this week late in the week might be back next but uh, I don't think he's too far off if he's out there on the ice and, and working out again. So we'll have to watch how he progresses. Yeah, no doubt. Everything you said certainly um, is is very valid there. And, you know, Carrier, I mean, Jesus, he, does he become a, a cap casualty in all this? They just kind of keep him on the side for a little bit? Like, how is that whole thing going to, to shake out? And there's so many... Um, cap questions as there's always going to be folks and I think it's also safe to acknowledge it's probably better to be a cap team versus not being a cap team uh Pete DeBoer famously said listen I've been on cap teams and I've not been on cap teams and being on a cap team is a whole lot better as far as you know the the talent and stuff like that goes so we'll see how that shakes out but I do want to back up your statement Tony about tomorrow night's game in LA being a very tough game I'm assuming Cal Peterson might get the nod. Cal Peterson crushes the Vegas Golden Knights almost every single time. It, it, we're one of the few teams in the NHL, I think, that would rather see Jonathan Quick because we seem to have Jonathan Quick's number more times than not. But Cal Peterson always kicks our butt. Uh, the Kings are the Kings were very competitive last season. They were in the playoffs. And now they got Fiala over there taking over Dustin Brown's position. And, you know, Dustin Brown, no no knock on him, but, you know, he was at the end of his career. And Fiala's not at the end of his career. And he's going to get a lot of goals. And, 
you know, you still have a lot of veterans on that roster as, as well as uh, up and comers like Byfield and Turcotte and things like that. And it's going to be very interesting to see where the Kings are starting the season. And I think more importantly from the BGK side, now it's time to kick it up another gear completely. Now it's time to be in that gear where the team responded to Cassidy after that closed door meeting or, you know, the top line doing what they did kind of when, when they felt like it. They always didn't feel like it in the preseason. And, and again, it's the preseason. You don't need to feel like it. But once uh, tomorrow night about 7 o'clock local time comes, it's go, 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 no questions asked. It's hard to believe, but VGK already, okay, already. The puck has not even dropped on the start of a new season, and already they have cap issues. Okay, but we knew that. Like, we knew that. Well, yeah, we knew that coming into it. Typically, it should be later on, towards the end of the season, middle of the season, playoff push, all that. You know, later on when players are coming in and out. This the one is hasn't even started, Chris. And Tony, this is also about a little cap bit issues. I know time is getting a little sensitive right now, but you know, this is also a little bit self-inflicted right now. And I got to think one of the reasons Nick Hague hasn't been signed is concern. Not concerned, but because, boom, eight mil, two and a half million dollars, here you go. As you soon know. as they sign Kessel, you know, they. I don't know. Yeah, they, no, again, it's all fair, Tony. It's all fair. It's all valid. It's all fair yeah. and valid. And, you know, it's it's inf- unfortunate we're talking about this come October 10th when the season starts the 11th. Like right. you said, maybe we save this conversation for January, but right off the, the word go, we are in cap trouble because we can't sign our, our sixth you know, or fifth defenseman, depending on how you rank them. My goodness. That, here we go again. It's There's never a dull moment. We've said I'm on your side, Tony. Don't, don't get mad at Tony, folks, if he's being negative about the cap. I'm with him. I'm with him. <laughs> I'm not being negative. I'm just no, saying you're, we're you're, starting you're, off the You're acknowledging reality, Tony. You're acknowledging reality. Cap, not about a brand new season. Not about the excitement of a new season. But, hey, we can't sign one of the defensemen because we don't have the loot. We don't know how to manage the salary cap. Coming up next, folks, Bill Foley has purchased Bournemouth of the Premier League, a soccer team. Cheerio. Stay tuned. According to reports, talk about that when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. So I was on the air on Saturday morning and the news officially broke, uh, broke and I saw Bill Foley taking a selfie with a young lad over there in England. Uh, Foley's brought the, uh, he has purchased the Bournemouth soccer team of the Premier League. And uh, that came out according to friends there in uh, merry old England. Um, I said, checkmate or whatever else you say, cheerio, all that, you know, to them. Uh, set to pay $133 million, which I think is like a bargain basement price, you know, for him to buy. The Premier League team, I didn't think that that was expensive at all. We saw those selfies. We saw pictures of him in the owner's box like he does here. Oh, my goodness. He wants to build a new stadium, Chris. Uh, He wants to pay for a training facility. He wants to sign shiny new toys. And he wants to double the prices of the concessions there. I mean, business as usual. But with his involvement there, in soccer in England, does that divert any of the attention away from VGK? It's fair. I mean, you know, when your attention has to be split, if you will, for a little bit of time, 
it certainly will take some of the attention away. And, you know, we fully said what he said, you know, in the off season about being more involved with uh, the decisions as far as the on ice product goes with the Vegas Golden Knights. And we'll see if this changes a whole lot. I mean, we're just, you know, hours away from the start of the season and unsigned uh, six defensemen. And here he is doing his thing uh, buying soccer teams right now. Will that change the day-to-day operations of the Vegas Golden Knights? I don't think so. I mean, maybe um, maybe there'll be some job opportunities posted in the water cooler for people to take on internships going across the pond or something like that. And some of the VGK uh, production crew, if they're looking, maybe they'll bring nighttime over there or something. Who knows how that's all going to shake out. But on the more serious note, I mean, his attention will not be 100% on the Vegas Golden Knights. And it also probably was never 100% on the Vegas Golden Knights to begin with because he does have other financial enterprises, if you will, to to focus on. So does a lot change as far as the Vegas Golden Knights are concerned? I don't think so. Um, it, I'll be curious to, to press the fast forward button to about April, May, June, July next season, depending on how late the VGK goes. And to hear if um, someone does ask, because Foley doesn't talk a whole lot throughout the regular season. He'll do some conversations, some press random interviews but he doesn't talk a whole lot but at some point i think the question will be asked hey what was it like having the the vgk and your soccer team how did you handle that and i'm I'm curious how he responds because he usually is pretty honest with the media when he does have a microphone in front of him yeah but uh there's not been a lot of uh, attention paid to this here and again the news broke on saturday morning i was on the air and of course i think i'm pretty well versed in this right by now uh (laughs) on that uh, soccer team purchase and all that uh, I think that the fans there are concerned they might change the name of the team to pick a color and Knights, <laughs> the Bournemouth, uh, they're the Cherries. So I call them the Red Knights. I don't know what they're going to be or the Cherry Knights or I don't know. But you know what? Like, so, so the Cherries, I mean, Bill Foley's going to fit in just fine because uh, they've had a history of firing coaches there. And Scott Parker was fired after just four games this season. Oh, man, this could be a lot of fun. This will be a lot of fun there. Uh, I'm just curious to whether or not this is genuine interest by Bill Foley. Um, is it a business decision? Yes, we get that. Is it a decision that will help him as Las Vegas now is in the spotlight trying to acquire or have a, an expansion team in the MLS um, and Wes Edens and him in this battle of billionaires? I don't know. And I'm just curious to see how this all shakes out or what the interest is, but it seems as though he definitely wants to win. He wants to build a new facility. I think their current stadium there holds about 11,000 fans, and so they want to expand that, and again, the new training facility, and he does want to sign a lot of new players, so then they'll have salary cap issues, for sure. I guess the question that I would ask is, are there any MLS owners that do have shares of these other of these other clubs across yeah. the world yeah uh wes edens owns uh co-owner so of that's the that, that's team. the comments about the battle of billionaires i got it yeah okay. so and then of course wes edens the owner of the milwaukee bucks as well uh you know we saw where uh bill foley trademarks the name heroes edens come edens comes back and he trademarks villains so there is a little it's bit of awesome. a battle there I- I thought that was so, so dynamite, Tony, when you pointed that out a couple months ago, too. I thought that was absolute dynamite. I love that. You went so. to the Silver Knights uh, back here on the home front, checkmate. Uh, so you went to the game. Concession prices notwithstanding, uh, what can fans look forward to with the 
AHL Silver Knights this season. I mean, let's see what happens with the ro- final VGK roster cuts. I think that's going to tell you a lot, but I think it's going to be a stacked team. We've mentioned so many of the players. We could do a, a little more of a preview tomorrow as we're getting down on time here, but you know, you're looking at a lot of these players that had a lot of NHL time in the the preseason at the VGK level. They're about some of them are about to be sent down, and uh, Hayes. I think is really going to be a special talent down there. And he's going to be pushing himself to possibly make the NHL side in the not too distant future. Another, another goal last night, just everywhere on the ice land, big hits uh, had two goals in the, in a preseason game last week as well. So Hayes is someone I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring. And then, um, yeah, that's, that's really what stood out to me yesterday. It wasn't a very solid roster. Uh, I felt like Gage Quinney was on the ice the entire game yesterday. So that that's where I'll leave it for now. And we saw Hayes uh, up close and personal last week, and that is one big dude, too. So uh, coming up tomorrow, preview of the LA Kings game, season opener in Los Angeles. We thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, check out Lockdown NHL. From my man, Chris Golick, Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas. We'll see you once again tomorrow right here on Lockdown <laughs> Golden Knights.